0: Welcome to the Sober Gay Sunday podcast, a podcast about being gay and sober and not just on Sundays. In this podcast, we'll explore the ins and outs of being queer and sober in a world where drinking and using are woven into the fabric of our culture. This season, we'll be hearing the stories of addiction and recovery from sober gays from all over the world. Every story of recovery is unique in its own way, and every story deserves to be heard. So let's go. In this episode, we welcome Colin. Colin is a registered nurse from Dorchester, Massachusetts. Please welcome Colin. Before we get started, a disclaimer: In this episode, Colin and I speak candidly about thoughts of suicide. Listener discretion is advised.
1: And I, you know, it it led up Memorial Day weekend of 2021. You know, something happened at work with a patient that was like pretty traumatic, and like I said, I. I was using like, I don't know. I guess I was just like manipulating people and and getting sympathy. And something traumatic happened at work, and I used that to my advantage. I was like, "This is absolutely perfect. I will use that as a reason to relapse. I will I will tell everyone that I relapsed because of this situation because no one can blame me for drinking after this horrible situation, and I will get sympathy and attention. And no one will be mad at me. They'll just feel bad for me, right?" Mm-hmm and I, that's exactly what i did like that's exact like lying and, and not being honest and and i like would you know i started to believe these things too right like it was just like this like the lies we tell ourselves like it's just like it was so looking back it was just so messy right yeah. and i missed work around that time and then finally my manager was like let's have a meeting we need and we had like met before and she was like let's have a meeting and I was like, great, fine. The morning of the meeting we were supposed to have, I woke up still drunk, started drinking, called my therapist
2: and told her I had this plan to
1: like kill myself, which I did. Mm-hmm. I had gotten to that point, like alcohol stopped working for years and years and years. Like it, it would quiet the voices in my head would make me numb to like the world around me. And then for the last like years, the last few years I was drinking, like it, I felt like it heightened that, you know, it did the complete opposite. When I would drink, everything got louder, everything got more chaotic up in up in my head. And finally it got to that point where I was just like, I, I, I'm not doing this anymore. Like I, and the thought of the like the thought of dying and killing myself wasn't nearly as terrifying as living a sober life mm-hmm. that
2: was completely scary to me and i don't know like why or how
1: i told her but it, it came out of me and brought me right back to another er um, okay. where i was sectioned and spent a few days in the hospital where they like appropriately detoxed me which is like the way to do it don't do it yourself you know it's it's really it can be really dangerous um and i stayed there for three days and you know i had called i had called my manager who i was supposed to meet that afternoon for a meeting from the hospital from the er in like a johnny with like a security yard and all that stuff there and i was like I can't make our meeting today. And she was like, why is that? And I was like, I'm in the hospital. And she goes, thank God. Like she was like so happy. Like I was there and just, she was like, I'm taking you off the schedule. Call me sometime in the future. I don't care when, and we'll talk. And I was like, okay. And I got discharged from the hospital a few days later with the plan to go back to New Hampshire And I was going to stay with my parents and took a leave, a medical leave from work. And that's what I did. But the second I got out of the hospital, I went back that bottle of vodka that was still in my closet. And I drank for three days. And I was in New Hampshire and I came clean on a zoom meeting to all these people that I had seen on zoom and whatever for the past year. And I told them what was up. And this man just like, everyone just like showed up you know everyone was there and that was
2: my first day sober Mm -hmm. and it's been it's been wonderful and hard and confusing and miserable and wonderful and
1: to try and just like figure out who you are at 30 years old, like I had no idea who I was. Yeah. Absolutely no idea. Like, what do I like? What do I like to do? How do I feel? What is this feeling? To know to try and figure out like what emotions are. Yeah. yeah. And like
0: to be social again. That was one of the big things for me was like when I got sober again, I feel I felt like like, <clears throat> like stepping out into a party for the first time as like a teenager. And just being like, what am I, how do I talk to people? How do I, because before alcohol would just take care of it. The problems are still there. So you have to still now deal with everything, your PTSD, your depression, your anxiety, but free ball it. So Mm -hmm. I completely understand that feeling. It's, it's a lot. It's like, who am I? What am I going to do with my, how do I, I remember trying to figure out where to put my hands I was yeah. like, do I put them? And for a long time, I was like a pocket guy. I was like, my hands in my pocket. My friend's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, just your arms are, they hang to the side of your body. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, like, that's not weird. Okay. But um, so that, that's, that's an incredibly epic story. I mean, when you said you, you'd like use scary situations or traumatic experiences at work, or um, for me, it was big, like celebratory moments. Like I coached gymnastics for a living. Every time we would have a meet, and we would do reasonably well. We didn't even have to win. I'd be like, oh, we're we're going out. It's time to go yeah. out and go crazy. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, no one's going to be mad at me on Monday because we got third. Eh, like, yeah. <laughs> so, what are some of the tools in your sobriety toolbox? Uh, you mentioned AA. Do you have anything else like listening to podcasts, meditation, journaling, anything that kind of keeps you sober day to day?
1: Yeah. So, I am an active member of AA. It, um, it's kind of like the only thing, that, I mean, it was introduced to me like right from the beginning. Like that was like my, that was like what I did. That was like what was suggested to me. That was like, I haven't felt like I needed to try anything else because like, I mean, it's kept, it's actually kept me sober for Mm. two plus years. Right. And there are things in AA that I, I guess, are, I, I do daily that are, have been suggestions because of the program. Just talking to other alcoholics is a huge thing for me. Um, You mentioned like feeling awkward in social situations, like going to new meetings and like newly sober is absolutely terrifying. Mm. And for a while, I was that person in the back. I'd be like, especially like going to like, seeing like, even even now, like it's still really hard for me. I find like groups of straight men really intimidating sometimes. Correct. And really self-conscious about that. And so it's, it's definitely still there, but like being around and active and exposed to AA and having experiences where people are really accepting of me, has definitely helped. Having like this, you know, in AA we call it a fellowship and having having like a group of men, women, gay, straight, like the, I'd say like my core group of people has all of those kind of facets in it has just been super helpful to me. Um, I do have a therapist. You don't really get to tell someone, you don't really get to like vocalize that you're gonna kill yourself without getting suggested. You probably need to talk to somebody. <laughs> so I have a therapist. I've been working with her for a number of years. I have a psychiatrist and my PCP, I have like this incredible supportive group of doctors that are all very involved, Um, you know, with me and like my, my mental health, my physical health, like every, everything is just, I felt very supported in that aspect. Um, Other tools I have, like I meditate. It's been a suggestion through AA. I pray because it's a suggestion. I, I try and maintain this relationship I, I have with a power greater than myself, uh, it's a big part of AA. Um, I never really understood what it meant to be a spiritual person before I came into AA. There are some days where I feel more spiritual than others. Um, lately I haven't been feeling so spiritual, but, um, some of the things I say and think shock me sometimes, like there'll be like a really spiritual, Theme or 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 feeling, and I'll I'll say it to like a friend and something, and, and I'm like, who's that? Like that just came out of my mouth. Like it sounds like I just said like I don't know ayahuasca or mushrooms or something like like just uh- like <laughs> this, this like universal like I don't know force nature kind of thing is just like sometimes like I get these things that make that I I wouldn't experience if I wasn't sober because I never had these type of feelings and experiences before I stopped drinking. Other things I use like, yeah, meetings, talking with a sponsor, working with other men are all extremely helpful to me and keep me sober. When I um, first got sober, you mentioned, you know, you were listening to podcasts too. There was one that I listened to too, like, especially like driving back and forth to New Hampshire. It's like a two hour drive or whatever there was this like one I found on Spotify and it was just this guy with long-term recovery. He was out in California. He had this like really like kind of like calming, but like voice and he just like seemed cool. And he was like, you know, today's a really special day. Cause I decided it's a really special day. And I was like, Very what fun. is this guy talking about? But like sometimes he would have guests other times he would just talk about a theme like gratitude or willingness or whatever. And just like surrounding myself with sobriety and I think was really helpful in the beginning but also there were times where I would like text my sponsor and be like I'm so sick of this I need a break from like AA I need a break from talking and thinking about sobriety
2: yeah
1: Or like okay like you don't have like you know like you're like do something that you like to do. Go outside, go run, go for a walk. Go get ice cream with a friend. Like again, like those things were all super scary to do, but you know, I hadn't done any of that stuff sober, but yeah, they kind of like, I did gratitude lists for a while. Those were really helpful. It was just a way to like, start my day off with like connecting with other alcoholics, which is like, again, a, a big, a big thing I need to do daily. And, and some days I don't, and I pay the price for it. Like there are things that I do regularly and I know, and it's just like funny how, like, if I have a terrible day and I'm like, well, did you do this, this or this? And if I say no, I'm like, well, and yeah. a good day usually involves doing those daily practices.
0: Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. It is definitely like recovery burnout for sure. Like I remember when I, my first year of sobriety, it was like, I feel like it's, it was so like all I talked about. And then after a while, a lot of my friends were like, "You know, you will settle into just being you as a sober person, not like so invested in every aspect of your life being integrated into your sobriety." So I feel that that kind of burnout is 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 fair. And sometimes you just gotta sit and chill and just be you for a minute, and not have to be so on with your recovery. So I get that for sure. Um. So who is your biggest supporter?
1: Well, I like I said, I had this like incredible fellowship that you know. Are very supportive of me, very supportive of each other. And I I can I can really just say like I wouldn't be here without the people that I've met in AA. And definitely my parents' relationships with people that we're the closest to are honestly probably I think the hardest ones for me. But I love them very much and I know they love me and they've been so supportive of everything I've I've wanted to do and done in my life. And when I got my when I got my first medallion for my first anniversary my sponsor was going to give it to me. Um, but he got COVID. So we kind of had to kind of pivot. And I invited my parents down to Boston to come to my home group, my home AA group. So my home group is old, it's called Old Dogs, New Tricks. We meet Sunday nights in the North End um, at St. Leonard's Church. It's a co-ed meeting. It's a speaker discussion meeting. A lot of wide variety of people. It's, you know, that's the meeting I was so afraid to go to, but like, it's been the, it's been like the biggest gift. So my parents came down and they had never been to an AA meeting before they, you know, and I remember the woman speaking, I didn't know her, but she started off her story with all this like childhood sexual trauma. And I was just like looking over at my parents, uh. like, oh, God, they're going to drag me out of here. They're going to be like, get out of here. Like, this is not for you. Like whatever. But no, nope. they sat there, they listened and then they gave me my medallion and my mom was up there like sobbing and I was up there sobbing. And my dad like just like whipped this speech out of nowhere. And and it was just like this moment that I, you know, I wouldn't have gotten anywhere else besides AA. Yeah, they've just been incredible. And I have friends sober, not sober, that are very supportive. You know, my just <laughs> people that like my friends that aren't sober that i've known for a while they're just like thank god you don't drink anymore you know what i mean (laughs) like like yeah
2: absolutely um,
1: yeah so i think yeah parents and my fellowships and just like friends just surrounding people surrounding myself with people that like know me and know that sobriety is important and and good for me
0: Yeah, that's true. Like my, um, my parents are very supportive too. I'm really lucky. I sound like our situations are similar with our, with our families at least. So not a lot of people have that, which is, you know, it's always so humbling for me to kind of just like, remember that they're still there for me. What is one piece of advice you could give to a newly sober person?
1: Don't drink, don't use. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, talk to people like don't isolate. Like that was like a huge thing for me. Just like stay connected as hard as it is to like one, get phone numbers and, and talk to other sober people. Like if I were alone all the time, which is like what I was doing at the end of my drinking, I was just alone all the time. My world had gotten very small. Like if I had done that, like there's no way I would have stayed sober if I like kept up that isolation. You know, I think I, I, I th- like looking back on my sobriety and like how I got here, like that first year where I was like drinking and in, in AA, I wasn't like no one had like asked me to like start the start the work to like change myself. Yeah. And my only the only expectation was like, don't drink. And I'm like, well, I'm sitting here with this person that I absolutely hate. Mm-hmm. I'd rather drink and like try and escape that. But yeah. when I was presented with the opportunity to be like, do you want to go through this work, the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, and start to change who you are, that's when, it, I mean, it was painful, it was hard, it was uncomfortable, it was awkward.
2: Yeah. But that's like the work that was worth
1: doing that that got me to this point. So like, I guess my roundabout long-winded answer is like, don't like do this alone. Like don't isolate, talk to people. Like it's, 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 it's impossible to do it without help.
0: Very much. So that's, that was my experience too. Like I, I white knuckled it for a while being like, I could be this strong lone wolf of sobriety where I was like, I'm not, but then it really does fall apart quickly when you're on your own. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense to be completely alone. So if you could give one piece of advice to someone who has a loved one that is in active addiction, what would it be?
1: This one, I, I, I thought about this question a lot because I feel like it's really hard. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, every situation is different. Like there are, everyone has their own like sobriety and and drug and alcohol journey, and uh, you know, some people hurt a lot of people that are really close to them, and and I, I get like, I get wanting to like be done with those people, you know, like if someone had hurt you a lot, like I, I, I get that. But, and I, I also like from also from my experience, having friends who are like one of my friends who was sober for seven years, who got me connected with AA relapsed, has relapsed multiple times in the past like two years. And it's been, it's been really painful to watch. But from like, from my own experience, And like the amount of people that cared about me that wanted me to stop drinking there, I wasn't going to do it for them. You know, I, it was, you know, I had to do this for myself. I had to reach like this point. I had to reach like my bottom, like on my own. Like I had to get to that point and, and, you know, want to change like for myself, like the amount of like love and, and support from like other people like wasn't, enough you know? yeah um so as hard as that is it's just like i don't know i feel like this is a really a hard question yeah give them space don't give them space be there when they want you to be there don't enable them i feel like there's a million things you could say
0: yeah this is one of the most so just because i'm so active on social media about my sobriety and this is probably the most frequent question i get people will just dm me like yeah And a lot of times I'd say probably about 75% of it are people who have friends in addiction who are currently drinking, currently using, and they're just like, what can we do? It's such a hard question. And it breaks my heart because these people are like reaching out to some random gay boy in Boston who's like, happens to have his armpit showing in a sobriety post. (laughs) And I'm like, like, it's incredibly challenging to talk about, but. I think those are really good. Those are good pieces of advice because it is, it is hard. Every situation is different. I found that any sort of like intervention moment in sobriety, I have yet to hear someone tell me that it worked for them. Yeah. No. So, (laughs) you know, um, if that had been me, like my parents, you know, told me we were this close to having all your friends come over and change the locks. And I was like, you would have lost me forever, bro. Yeah.
2: Yep.
0: Um, So as you know, I think um, I run an organization here in Boston called Sober Gay Sunday and we do cute little events. We just did yoga. We're going to do a ninja event. We did axe throwing and beaches and it's a it's a really fun organization and it's um, something that a lot of my sober boys here in Boston look forward to. So if you could have one like dream Sober Gay Sunday event, what would it be?
1: I've been really thinking about wanting to do like a karaoke night. I've I've been hearing about these places that you can like rent a room for like with like 20 people. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I've, I've been able to go to places like that and stay sober with sober groups of people, you know, like they're still drinking and stuff like that. And it's been really freeing to be able to experience stuff like that. But
0: so now that we're kind of wrapping up, um, where can people find you on social media?
1: Yep. So I'm on Instagram, but my Instagram is Colin with one L C O L I N underscore Bates, B-A-T-E-S.
0: Yeah, that will also be in the show notes so people can find you. So, Colin, thank you so much for joining us today. That was a really great interview. Thank you again.
1: Dave, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for tuning into the Sober Gay Sunday podcast. Please feel free to like, subscribe, share, and comment. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Sober Gay Sunday. You can also email me directly at SoberGaySunday at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, Stay sober, guys.
1: I'm so sick of small talk and tell me something. Jar, drop it in me all my head with your biggest mistakes. I don't want you daily trouble. Fill me in all oh family traumas. Tell me all the medication that you take. Because life's so short, the we'll plague's so fast, and I say anything. don't get back so make it anything but small small talking